Hey, good evening everyone. My name is Dan and you're listening to Tech Smash Bros. Uh, this is episode six um, and there's been a lot of things going on this week um, with stock markets still suffering. Had a day of perhaps a rebound, but then it went back down today. Today's March 3rd, by the way. Um, I, re- I record the introductions later after I record the actual body of the episode. So there's a yeah, there's a little bit of a time lag between introduction, recording, and the, the actual podcast episode. Anyway, I digress. Uh, anyway, there's a lot. Bit, there's a lot that's been going on, but. Uh, in the middle of all that, I had a great conversation. Um, caught up with a longtime friend of mine, another longtime friend of mine. Uh, she and I have been friends for maybe six years. She's um, her name is Taylor. She's pursuing an engineering degree, uh, a PhD in engineering, um, and she's also been a she's been a great friend of mine. Um, she's she's been supportive to me. On top of that, she's smart she's fun she has interesting ideas she has interesting opinions she's gorgeous um what more can you ask for from a from a friend right uh with that uh, trailer uh um hope you guys enjoy the podcast this is so dangerous and we're live. That was caught. I think we keep it. Huh? We're live right now. Oh my gosh. That okay. was so dangerous. I'm... What is that? I meant like... Not knowing audience. And they're just agreeing to this. Uh-huh. And it's gonna be on Spotify. Yeah, it's gonna be in the And I have chocolate in my mouth? Permanently. Yeah. Okay, so first, let's just date this episode. It's uh, March 1st, 2020. It's around 4 p.m. Um, and I, I'll, I'll introduce myself first. My name is Dan. I work in tech in the Silicon Valley. Uh, but I grew up in Brazil most of my life. And then I went to Cal to study business. Uh, and then afterwards, I've been in the Bay Area and have been working since. And that's me. Your turn, Taylor. Hi, um, my name is Taylor. Um, I am a PhD student in uh, engineering uh, at a university around here. Uh, Dan and I went to college together. I did statistics and economics, which is uh, slightly related to what I do now. Um, yeah. Your PhD. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that? Yes. You did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. If not, now you know. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. So we've, we've, we can be, we can give some context as to our relationship as well. We've sure. been friends since 2014, right? After, after I graduated. Okay. If you want to count that, <laughs> I would yeah. say like Facebook friends a bit before that. Oh but... yeah. Too long. <laughs> Yeah, but we met first in, like, in college, but briefly, Mm. and then afterwards, uh, yeah, we became friends, and then since then, we're still friends. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, thinking, how much detail should we review, but I think that's that's good enough. 
so that okay. we, don't, we don't get identified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's been almost four months since we last caught up, right? Four okay. Months. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's a normal conversation. It doesn't have to be like... Yeah, but that's how... Yeah. I mean, like, face-to-face, but I think we did calls and then... Oh, yeah. We did video we chats. We did calls. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're right. We did calls. Yeah, because we were going through rough patches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. You were very helpful. Oh. Yeah. No problem. You happy get, to help. Happy to be there. Yeah, you gave great advice. Um, a lot of advice that my sister aligned with as well. So it just added, like, if I listened to your advice and then I was, like, tentative to it, but then my sister added to it, then I was, like, I believed that advice even more. So it was yeah. kind of stacked on. And we, your sister and I don't talk, so... No, so I know it's, it's independent. independent sources. Yeah. <laughs> independent mm-hmm. sources. It has more credibility to it. So yeah, thank you, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think I'm good now. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you and I are in different worlds. Okay. Right. You're in academia. Okay. I'm in. I'm in tech. Yeah. But more on the business side in tech. Right. Um. But even though we're in different worlds, academia is just not studying. There's a lot of politics involved too, mm-hmm. right? There's a career ladder in academia as well. Uh, so I, I guess my question is, um, how are the politics mm-hmm. in academia? Um, you've also, actually you were a consultant before too. Mm-hmm. So are there parallels to the corporate world and academia and the politics that are people engage in? I'm not, I don't think as much, or uh, maybe because I'm a PhD student, uh-huh. I don't think the politics necessarily affect me. I think the politics are at more like the faculty level. And I guess as far as, um, uh, as far as influence or like a <clears throat> impact of the politics on students, it could be that, oh, who gets a standing desk? first or who gets it where because of preferences from faculty and if like a faculty member doesn't um get what he or she wants maybe there is a little bit of talk but i don't know i think i've i've not observed a lot of that there's not a lot of politics yeah and i think if i ever become a professor (laughs) i'll tell you more oh but in when the students are trying to get sponsors for their thesis. I don't know if you call them sponsors. Like a uh, professor to back up your thesis. Isn't there politics involved in that too? Because a professor can't mm-hmm. like back up every one of their students. I don't not know. I think so I guess when you graduate, when you defend your thesis, you have a committee uh-huh. that consists of say five people. Yeah. And then you have three out of the five it's uh, are called readers. Uh-huh. And um, it's a, I guess, a matching process sometimes. And then, um, so you want to work with somebody, or you received advice from somebody, and then they kind of work with you on one or several chapters of your dissertation. Then you, they become, and uh, you could invite them to be on your committee, and they will say yes. 
Um, but it's not heavy politics. Uh, no, not really. For me, I actually just asked a second person to be on my committee. Yeah. And it recently, and it felt like a proposal. Uh-huh. It was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to say this, but would you be willing or like, would you um, uh, uh, be okay with being on my committee? Uh-huh. And you are like an enthusiastic immediate yes, right? And I was nervous or I just, I didn't know what kind of emotion it would engender. But, uh, uh-huh. you know, after this person said yes, I was like, yes, it just, yeah. Oh. Felt like a proposal. Okay, but that doesn't sound very politically heavy. Yeah, no, I I would think that. Um, yeah, I I when you say politics, I was like, oh, that's not the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to difference between academia and like a tech company. Oh, okay. Then what's what's because the, like there's some PhD students that I know. There's a lot mm. of stress, yeah. and. Mm, mental anguish mm. in PhD program, but if that's not the source of it. Oh yeah, that's normal, from? that's normal. But that that source can be from, so what I think is that everyone will have that, but uh-huh. then the the reason or reasons for that can be varied, but they can bucket it into um, certain things. One is uh, advisor related, uh-huh. another could be research like, project related and uh-huh. those two can be uh correlated as well but uh in terms of advisors um i mean i know people have uh, advisors that don't see them um for a while like uh like if, for example this year it's march 1st right yeah. he has only seen this advisor once um, and the advisors are faculty correct yeah 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 and yeah. then uh and then i there are advisors that are pretty demanding, um, and there are advisors that are, aren't a good fit, and then there are advisors that may not get tenure, so they leave. So all these things are actually um, stress-inducing. Uh-huh. And what I've found is that every single person I've talked to is no smooth sailing, uh-huh. and there's always something about their advisor or advisors um, that uh, that uh, uh, that's causing certain negative emotions. Okay. Yeah. But that's like working with people, right? And uh, yeah. And then. But the difference so, in that one, with like in tech, as a, as opposed to academia, is the level of dependence. Like you're so okay. much more dependent on your advisor than you would be with a manager here, in a tech firm or a different mm, firm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. It's like a. Yeah, I guess there are different types of relationship or sorry, different dimensions to that because it's more than a manager, it's more than a boss. Yeah, um, yeah I I guess if you mean po- by politics, you mean maybe that, that's, then... Maybe that's what I was thinking in politics. Okay, yeah. then... Because bu- relationship management is a form of politics, yeah. Okay, well then, yes. It's, uh, it's really, you need to... I guess in like corporate world, you would say like manage up. Right, so you would. Um, yeah, I guess. You, you probably want to do a bit of that, um, and then. Yeah, as far as research project stress goes, that's just the nature of it. I guess you, 
it's not like a problem set where you have well formulated questions and then you try to solve it. And if you don't have an answer to, you can go to office hours. You can ask other people. Mm. Uh, whereas this, where whereas like you for research projects, it can be like the problem formulation period or uh, piece of it is very important or critical. And then you're creating your own problems, right? Yeah, like you frame it yourself. Oh, so right? when you said you were looking. You were going to office hours of problem set. It was you writing your own problems for that problem set. Oh no, no, this one that oh, just now was actually the 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 prototypical going to classes kind of thing, okay. and uh, which I find. I mean, you and I were like a lot of people after going to school for so many years. That's just like expected, right? Like you get a problem set, you just solve it, and then. Um, yeah. It's common. Right. And if you can't solve it, you ask somebody. And usually, if you ask the right people, they will be able to give you the right answer. And you know yeah. that it's the right answer. Yeah. What I was trying to draw, uh, what the disti distinction I was trying to draw was that, you know, for research, it's different from that. Where yeah. starting from the problem you want to look at, you, you pick your own problem, you formulate it, um, the way you want to, or you um, kind of frame the problem yourself, and then you try to find a, a solution to that. Uh -huh. And sometimes your advisor doesn't know the solution because otherwise, why wouldn't they? Like, why would you just, explore that? Right? Huh? Why would you explore a problem that's already been explored? Right, if the problem is has been explored, but what I was trying to say is that given a new problem, let's say, um, it's not that you meet with your advisor for like half an hour or one day and then they can give you the answer. Uh-huh. Because yeah. otherwise they could do the thesis. Yeah. And it's PhD <laughs> program for like at least five years or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, but that's a that's a that's probably I'm I i do not know, maybe there's a parallel between that and working world. or real world in that um or maybe not. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm listening to this and I'm like, maybe there's not that much of a parallel to. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I guess politics in the corporate world. Maybe that is uh, what you're telling me in academia. That really is relationship management. But but in politics, or in in the corporate world, there seems to be like you might have to if you get promoted, you might do it at the expense of somebody else. Mm. Um, and in doing that you might step on somebody else so you might like your actions are not in the vacuum mm. but in academia if you're just working with an advisor that relationship may be in a vacuum like you forming a relationship with that advisor is not going to affect a relationship with another student that has another relationship with that advisor yeah that, that's that. that's right okay i see um i agree I do think that there it, it might be dependent on. I think by and large that's true, but there's a, a little bit of, and this is something I recently realized. Uh, I should have realized this earlier. Is that the source of funding for academia matters? Um, some people are on like a grant or like National Science Foundation, uh, for example, and from NSF or. Um, your funding can be from a, a company, like a big tech company or 
you know, automobile company and then you're doing research work on, say, autonomous driving, uh. then you're then maybe there is a bit of that in that you need to um, produce some results and you need to carve out. The more the funding, the more pressure there is to perform. Um, I guess I was trying to say like the type of funding. Uh, if it's if it's a TA funding, like you're teaching, right? Then then I would say like, and then by and large, the school I go to guarantees uh, at least teaching uh, salary, uh-huh. which is not very high. Um, but but uh, um, so in that sense, right? Like. If, uh, given that everyone is uh, will be fully funded, uh-huh. there's no competition of resources there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a difference too. Because here we compete mm-hmm. in firms, we compete. Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe in politics. What I'm thinking of, like, if I really explore why I think of politics the way I do, is because maybe there's this element of a zero sum game in politics, mm. but it doesn't sound like it that much in academia. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope it stays this way. In, in academia? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you seem you seem much more comfortable now that I now that I listen to you with your PhD program than you were like a year or a year and a half ago. Oh. Um Yeah, cuz I think You, you mean were a year and a half ago I was still yeah when i was when i was a peachy student already but uh yeah okay yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that maybe, makes sense yeah maybe it just takes time to get comfortable in that or it's just like you're like yeah exactly it's like hmm, why fight this it's gonna be like this anyway <laughs> there's an element of acceptance I see. perhaps that's good yeah the other phd student that i know he completed his program but there's talked about feeling depressed, feeling very mm-hmm. lonely. Yeah, the, the normal. Normal yeah. programs. Okay. Yeah, I think people go through periods of depression or like you are, say, like more depressed today than yesterday, but then tomorrow you may be less depressed. Oh, okay. That's not depression then. Okay. That's just a state yeah. of sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Depression, I think. And then, mm-hmm, sorry. Yeah, no. Depression would be like a state of despair. For, for a sustained, sustained period, period of time, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. But also, and then um, feeling lonely—that's a—that's a thing. Um, that's common in academia, right? Because your your venture and your thesis is yours alone, almost. Correct. It's a. It's a. Just like almost like an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It's a. By nature, it's a. Lonely process. Yeah, but entrepreneurs. Oh, I guess you're right. But if entrepreneurs start a company, they're going to have employees around them. And that'll help them, right? But when you're writing your thesis, you're still the only one driving it, really. I guess I'm comparing that to, like, a CEO of a company that has, like, strategic decisions. Uh-huh, to make. You, 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 I think, uh, yeah, so, and then. Yeah, but there are more touch points in this. I still, you know, academia sounds more lonely. Right, right, it is, When you're yeah. an enterprise, you have a market to True. broadcast your product sure. to, so there are more touch points for different people there. Yeah, you know? and I think um, someone sent me a video a few months ago about loneliness and how it is a, it is a, um, it's bi- we're biologically wired to not want to be lonely. 
Yeah. And when you feel lonely, it's a cue or like a, a, a signal to you to be uh, be with people so that you don't get left behind like a, in a survival sense. Uh-huh. Um, I think I that was the first time I actually um, was uh, introduced to the idea. You, oh, the idea of us being biologically wired to not be alone. Well, to be alone. To feel lonely. To feel lonely, yeah. We're biologically wired to not feel lonely. No, no, no. We're biologically... Uh, I meant like it's a... We're biologically wired to be averse to loneliness. Right, sure, yeah. That was a novel idea, really? Yes. Wow, that was not a novel idea to me. I feel... But why Why was it not novel? Didn't you, didn't you have that sense growing up like in high school? In high school, we have cliques, right? If you didn't belong in a clique, you felt lonely and you would feel the need to conform. So the sense of the feeling for conformity was a manifestation of this biological need to, or biological wiring to be averse to being lonely. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, I never. Forms. Yeah, but yeah, I guess, I guess never. I thought I never thought about it that way. Okay, did you? But you felt the need to conform sometimes in high school. That's a natural tendency. Yeah, for sure. Every yeah. kid in high school. Yeah. yeah, I just never linked it. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not calling you out or anything. <laughs> it's fine. No, I'm just saying like, this is not a rare occurrence. Like a lot of things in life for me, clicks like. Click later. Ve- yeah. Way later. Yeah. No, but I'm sure there's like expertise in that article that I cannot speak to. Sure, there's like biological evolutionary expertise that had very colorful and nice insights. Yeah. Yeah, and it gets worse as you grow up, I think, <laughs> right? Because in high school, you're surrounded by groups of young, energetic people. And you go to the workforce, and then you're trying to make a living for your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and the friends that you met in college or in high school, they drift apart. They go to separate places. So it gets more and more lonely. I was actually listening to a podcast maybe almost eight months ago. Okay. It was called The Lonely American Man. Keyword, man. What's the, what's the implication here? That men tend to be afflicted with loneliness more than women do. Um, I think because I think the podcast was explaining that so because uh, societal messages say that men should be strong and independent. So that message encourages lonelier behavior and just spirals. So if a man is going through a tough time and they're this, there are these messages in society and they're going through a tough time they they feel more blocked from reaching out to people and seeking help and then you feel lonely in a time of need you're, if you're not reaching out to people you're going to feel lonely um, so I think that's that was one aspect of why men tend to be more afflicted with loneliness I don't know why they call it the lonely American man because I don't know if that's an American thing um, but there's a, I think there's a masculine aspect to it, I guess. Or a man, as society draws it, aspect to it, quote-unquote. I see, okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, at first I just thought that, oh, it's like a guy that did this podcast. So I was like, no, why are you is, drawing... This is, from, this is from the, I think, well, I think it was NPR or The Hidden Brain. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, not and to I was say like, that's accurate, but... Right. Yeah. I was just thinking, oh... That's a little bit of uh, extra per- 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 
extra percolation. Extra percolation? Is that a word? <laughs> What are you saying? <laughs> Ex extra percolation? Extrapolate. Extrapolate. Oh, extrapolation. Okay. Did, what did I say? Extra <laughs> percolation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> consider cutting it out. <laughs> I think I would leave that. Okay, <laughs> sure. Of course. Wait, of course you would. Oh, you thought that was an extrapolation on my part? Yeah, like I thought it was like, just like how this is no. just like, yeah. No, anyway, yeah, um, but I guess, yeah. And then lonely, I guess lonely man sounds a bit... There's not a ring to it. There's not so, a ring to it? Why? And also it's like American. And... Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe um, America is a like more individualistic society, right? So it could be that. But also, you can be right. with people, but you can feel so alone. Like, oh, yeah. you can feel alone For in a relationship, sure. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's I, not yeah, a... Sure. It's not a... That's why when you said, like, alone earlier, I had to say, oh, it's not... Like, there's a distinction between being alone and feeling lonely, right? Yeah, that's, you're right. That is true. Yeah, that is true. I'm thinking things through. I'm thinking about the words I said. I was like, did I say feeling alone or... No, you said feeling alone earlier, oh. but then you were like averse to loneliness. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Just saying, thanks for fact-checking me. <laughs> no problem. We're at, oh, 23 minutes, not bad. But we can do better. <laughs> What does that mean, not bad? Our friend Eric and I can't seem to break the 30-minute barrier. So we always only go up to like 30 minutes. And then we seem to run out of things to say. Oh. So, I mean, if our friendship is stronger than that, then we should go beyond 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting metric to measure for friendship. Thank you for that assessment. It means a lot because your degree is quite related to metrics. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Remember we were actually, I just remembered a conversation we had a long time ago. Mm. But we were talking about dating. This is, But this is a long time ago. You mm. were talking about like, uh, there's like this optimal number of people you should uh. meet before like settling down on that person or finding the one that fits you. So I think it was always like, if you meet a hundred people, hmm. the 30th person or the 40th person yeah. you meet is the right person. I think there's a, it's a, can we call it a secretary problem? Like optimal stopping. There's a TED talk on mathematics of love. This is like very much a, uh, back of the envelope calculation and like uh -huh. like mathematically this would be the case but there's a lot of assumption built into that uh -huh. so what was your question i was just trying to express a truism that we can give to our listeners if we have to give dating advice oh. <laughs> if you meet 100 people stop at the 30th person or the 40th there was no question i was just I was just oh I see it. Um, I think that one is that let's just say that you were planning on meeting or dating a hundred people then yeah that's not reasonable. let's say if I'm meeting 20 people in a span of six months okay <laughs> can you is there a solution to this how how what is like the optimal is there an optimal stopping point I mean okay so the whole thing like I said there are different um, 
different uh, assumptions. Uh, there, there are assumptions into this, right? Uh, and then one, th- I mean, well, this is what are the assumptions? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you, why do you say <laughs> that to me with a smile? Why? What are the assumptions? Well, I don't want to get into the whole uh, is it too math. Yeah, I don't. Technical? I think I have a tendency light. to get technical nowadays. But uh, what I want to say is that it's Fine. like by optimal stopping. I mean, you are making a decision, right? Like whether to. So each for each person, and assuming you cannot see multiple people at the same time, that's one assumption. Okay. You fair. it's sequential, right? And then okay. once you say yes or no, uh-huh. you cannot go back to your answer. Like you've uh-huh. said no to like the previous girl or guy. Uh-huh. You cannot say, oh, I met another person. I would like to um, go back to the answer. Oh wait, so does so, that assumption mean like is the underlying uh, logic in that assumption is if you can meet multiple people at the same time then there's a value that you can draw from that that you can't if you just meet them on an individual basis um no uh, okay. i think the reason it's it's assumed that way is that otherwise it's too complicated to give a formula <laughs> as <laughs> okay. as is many correct as is okay. many mathematical problems okay. um the um Okay, those are simple enough. Thank you for simplifying that, those assumptions. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's one of them. But yeah. what I wanted to say is that because um, and because of that, it's a like a binary decision, right? Huh. And for each person or through time, then um, whether you, how you stop or not depends a lot on um, your value function. Like what? What do you value in this person, or in this relationship, or other things in life? Okay. So um, it's also so one uh, one other assumption you can think of is that it assumes at each time period, what you're looking for is the same. Oh yes. But okay. I feel like that's not necessarily that's true. true, and also. Um, yeah, and then, and then even if you know your true value function at that time, uh-huh. um, yeah, I don't know. I, let me not make this point. But but you already, I think it's uh, already getting clearer that this is a very simplified model. I see. I think I one mean, thing you can draw from that though. Yeah. Is that. Um, you don't have to meet an infinite number of people to find the right one. Correct. Or find one that makes you happy or like find one that's, you know, not too bad for you. Good enough. Good enough. Yeah. Like, because if you're always optimizing, yeah, um, there's no, almost like there's no end to it or there's no, um, you need to know the objective function, right? Uh huh. But many people don't know or don't, know very well their objective or value function and the other thing is that i think the whole thing is trying to say also that it helps to um date uh or it helps to not uh, go with the first person you see or date i see but many people do that and they're happy so so if i can translate layman's terms don't marry your first love (laughs) but a lot of people do and i think it's uh, yeah, because it's not a. 
it's really uh, quite unique to each person, I think. So while it's really an interesting or cool like intellectual exercise, if you're into math or whatever, it's, uh-huh. uh, it's not very applicable in real life. Yeah, there's actually... Or you take what you want from it, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of assumptions. There's a term in psychology that's, mm. that captures the good enough, like settle for good enough. Do you know the term? No. It's called satisficing. Mm. You've heard of this. Yeah. It's, I think oh, you, it's a decision-making strategy. So I guess maybe you've heard of it. It's a decision-making strategy. It, it uh, might be a... I think there's a book even about satisfiers versus maximizers oh, in maximizers? life maximizers maximizers okay. maximizers Ugh, yeah. oh what's the what's the end conclusion of that book the maximizers are happier or satisfies no the opposite satisfies yeah. satisfies are happier yeah really dang based on what you know about me mm. would you say i'm a maximizer or a satisficer hmm i can't I don't have an answer now. Mm. Um, actually, okay. <laughs> I think, I think, okay, le- let me qualify this by I'm saying. I'm thinking about you too right now. Okay, I cool. Yeah. Um, I think by, so I would like to qualify this by a recent book I'm reading or listening to uh, that basically talks about the contextualness uh, like how whether you have say resilience or um, you have certain qualities um, it has to be high uh, put in context so i think in certain things in life you're a maximizer uh-huh in other aspects i'm a satisfier. in other aspects i need to think more about it i just okay. have an example in mind where i was like maximizer generally so generally i'm a maximizer it seems i think for work you might be maybe oh i see why you say that Mm mm-hmm yeah it's but it's it's kind of costly sometimes (laughs) yeah 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 i think you're a maximizer too Mm, probably yeah in work yeah i think so in work Mm. Huh. Do you believe we do we talk about personality tests forever? Probably. What are, what personality are you? So out of what? Out of the MBTI, huh? Of course, the popular one. My Myers Briggs. Yeah, you're okay. definitely an E, right? Okay. <laughs> and then what is it? Uh, I I what is what is the other ones? N and S. Uh, you are N. Is that right? Dang, I'm so good. I'm such good friends. <laughs> Wait till I can't oh, say yours. It's T and T or F, right? Your F. No, your T. BS. Really? <laughs> <laughs> your T. Not as good friends. <laughs> okay, well, the last letter. I can, I can still get seventy-five percent on this exam. Uh, what was the last? Was it a J or? What is it? What is a J or what? P. P, J or P, judgment or perception. Mm. You are. I'm gonna have to look this up. Judge, that sounds so like they sound like synonyms. Judgment and perception. 
What is the difference between perception refers to the way in which you sense of a situation. Judgment refers to the way in which you make decisions. Oh, your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your judgment, right? Yeah. Yeah, seventy-five percent. <laughs> I rate our friendship seventy-five percent. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um. You don't need to guess mine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to. Do you? Do you have your eye? Right. I was many years ago. Are you my, not? My friends tell me I seem to be more extroverted nowadays. Yeah. But it's where you draw energy. Oh, here's yeah, why. Yeah, I've been drawing energy by hanging out with people these days. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You know, like a friend of mine was very into uh, personality, and there's the ocean, big o- big five ocean. Oh yeah, I've heard yeah. of that. So big that five. one, what he was telling me about is that you can think of that as like five dimension scale of a person, right? To measure a person's personality. Yeah. And you can think of it, each one as a Gaussian or normal distribution, meaning that you are born, you're uh-huh. born with a mean okay. on, a, on a scale of oh, like, say, yeah, but then your variance changes throughout life and with your situation or like environment. And okay. that makes a lot of sense. And it's a much less a, um, I guess, a like a binary situation even though like i guess you can say that it's a whether you're introvert or extrovert that that has a that has a um, spectrum as well yeah but the whole like the whole like you can change your variance in life oh it it, yeah that that you have a variance that makes um makes sense no but the means the same the mean is more like a more genetic or whatever you are born with, like nature versus nurture. Yeah. The nature is the mean, nurture is the variance. Meaning that. But your mean's the same. Mean, not everyone's mean's the same. Yeah, everyone's mean's the same. Yeah. So what? So that, what, but that would be your personality then, the mean. Uh mm-hmm. yes, yeah. but I okay. Oh, I see, I see. As a score, yes. Yeah. But then, um, but then the thing is like so. That's why I was like, mm, I think maybe fundamentally you're a pretty I person, but then yeah. now maybe it's just has been uh, work changes you too, I think a bit or influences you too in that. Um, so like as an introverted person, maybe you observe that being an extrovert helps you in terms of um, maybe, you know, you're happier when you're socializing with people or you're it's better for career advancement if you talk to more people at work or uh, and then you can act or you you draw or you learn some benefits uh, from being more extroverted yeah um, yeah but yes so let's just say you're I right. going on E okay um, you're probably okay let's go with the easy one you're J right yeah you're uh, you, say that's easy. you might be F actually versus T. You might be F. Are you F? Mm, I think I got T, but okay. I switched back and forth. So kudos. Okay. Oh, okay. So N or S? I feel like you might be S. What's N and S? Intuition and sensing. Intuition, sense, minus break difference. Second letter, sensing into it has how you process information. Someone who's strong in sensing 
lives in the now and enjoys facts while being intuitive means you try and find a deeper meaning in things you said i was an s oh let's see let's see oh that's hard lives in the now and enjoys facts finds deeper meaning in things i don't know my read on this is that for certain things you are i think your primary one might be sensing but a lot of but 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 you have so many behavior that tells me that you're an N. <laughs> I have behaviors that tell me that I'm an N. I don't know. Okay, if I were to just guess, I'm going to have to say you are N. Wow. Standing ovation. That's perfect. That was, that was my results. What? INT, INFJ, INTJ. That was, that, was my, that was my personality. But this is eight years ago. Yeah. Now you are what? E I didn't take it. I didn't, I didn't take it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe. I don't know. But I, I right now I do enjoy people's company. Um, but really the only thing in the Myers-Briggs that I really take out of and think is valid is the I or the E part. Really? Yeah, because that's a like, dichotomy. But like N and S, and those don't seem like true dichotomies. Like you can be both. Okay. Like right now, right now what we're seeing, intuitive versus sense like sense is living the now and enjoys fact while intuitive is you try to find a deeper meaning in things like they don't that don't that doesn't seem like a true dichotomy like you can be both right i think um i think i'm more yeah i agree which is why there are a lot of criticism in towards this myers-briggs is right? that i don't know if that's a criticism the criticism is i think the criticism is so general these descriptions of people that anybody can be anything that's a criticism yeah, I mean, what you're well, saying is also... Well, but I acknowledge the I and the E part. I think those are true dichotomies. That you either draw energy from people or mm. you either draw energy alone. Okay. That's a true dichotomy. You, it's, they're almost mutually exclusive. Right. But N and S, they're not mutually exclusive. But by, but by saying that anyone can be anything, doesn't that mean that... It, it, it includes my argument. Yeah. But, but I'm I, just saying, like, your argument is not mutually exclusive with the other. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Way to put my own argument against me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, but that's, that's my point. I don't mm. think they thought, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving myself too much credit here, but I don't think that's the argument. But this dichotomy. Yeah, I think you can delve a lot deeper into this with personality tests or whatever, because it's. It's so it's psychology, right? It's social science. It's not like you can measure the gravity G from experiments so clear cut. You can though. What? G? You can you can measure G. Yeah, but you cannot measure a personality. Oh, you can measure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a terrible example, Taylor, because you can measure measure G. Okay. Mm. You're saying it's not like G. Touche, I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's the only that's the only takeaway I get from these tests, like the I or the E. Why do we talk about personality tests again? Either one, we just needed like impetus for this conversation, <laughs> so we just I just injected that personality test there, um, and two, we were talking about oh maximizers and satisfizers, uh, yeah. and then we just went to a broader. Yeah, why did you ask me about that then? Maximizer after. Because it's after you said that I'm a maximizer. Why? Do, so is the question, why do I think you're a maximizer? The question is why... Why did I go to personality test after I asked you if you're a maximizer? Yeah. 
Isn't that a natural segue? Over? Sure, I yeah, asked, okay, okay. I yeah. asked about you because I asked an aspect about your personality and yeah. then I moved to a broader measure of your personality. Yeah. I think that was a segue. Yeah. Did you think I was going somewhere else? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I'm almost done. Uh, actually, I am hungry, so maybe we do get that dinner. Oh, okay. Yeah. After I ate all this snacks. Are you still hungry? Um, I can eat because it was also it was all just snacks. Yeah. How was this experience? Good. You were nervous. You didn't look nervous. Well, because it's just who's gonna listen to this? Maybe not now, but two years down the line, when the audience grows to at least a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Three digits. <laughs> yeah, you never know, but you were protected, right? Yeah. Your tailor. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we still on? No. We're still on. Okay. I think we'll keep this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless you have an objection. Um, generally, we keep everything. Uh, I think the only things I edit out is if we spill out our real names. Yeah. But for our listeners, um, just so that they can be assured of the integrity of this episode, we generally keep everything. Yeah, sure. But if you're uncomfortable, just let me know. Mm. Okay, well, with that, we can close. Okay. All right, thanks for listening. I had fun. I think you had fun. You, <laughs> okay, you think? <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, I did. Thanks okay. for having me. We'll do more of these? Perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. I thought the idea was to have different bros. Then it t- bro. turns out just. You're a bro. I know, but I meant like each episode is a different bro. Oh, like, meaning that I, I can only be on one episode. <laughs> Okay. No, I don't have that many bros. <laughs> I have to recycle. That's true. I have to recycle my bros. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.